Welcome to the Sonic Boomers podcast. I'm Pete Toriello. And I'm Maureen Toriello. We are the Sonic Boomers. And this week, we have a special guest joining us, our very good friend and neighbor, Kevin Fay is with us. We gave a little bit of a tease to this on Facebook last night that we would have a guest today, and that's why we had moved our studio here into the kitchen where we have a little bit a little bit more room. You, you've got all kinds of speculation as to who the special <laughs> guest is going wait. to be. So, <laughs> And what we're going to be talking about today is Kevin is, uh, I guess you might say, a, uh, a vinyl head. Yes, I think <laughs> that's, that, they, that's a good word for it. A vinyl he, file? He, is he, that yeah. what they call it? Like if you like something that's in a record a collector. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, and he, uh, he does collect LPs and 45s too, right? A few, 40, a few hundred yeah. 45s. <laughs> and there are a lot of people that are saying that vinyl is back. Yes. And I don't have any of We had, if you're a baby boomer, you had vinyl. Sure did. You grew up with vinyl because it was before the digital age. It was before CDs or anything else. And so you had the 45s and the 33s and maybe you had some of your parents' 78s. I know that I did. And uh, there are two different camps. And I'm wondering which one you're in, Kevin, because there is one camp that is into vinyl because they say it sounds better. Now, I'm not an engineer, nor do I play one on TV. <laughs> so I can't say. Uh, and I don't know if in a, in a blindfolded test, if I would be able to pick one over the other. But uh, do you do it because you think they sound better? Or is there something else to it that, that makes this, this hobby so important to you? I think that vinyl for me is basically a time machine. It's something that has been with me my whole life. The records tell stories to me, and each, each record individually says something about some point of my life, whether it be Christmas, disco, show tunes, rock, and vinyl just is such a wonderful thing. They say that the sight of the record cover, the smell of the vinyl, mm -hmm. it's just, and then when you put the record on and you hear crackles or maybe it skips, it's just <laughs> such a wonderful thing. And a CD doesn't skip. <laughs> and but I will say that the vinyl I love the sound of the vinyl there's nothing like it so you're not an audiophile no no not per se yeah because I just read a, an article about which sounds better and of course it's split down the middle there are engineers who are going to say that vinyl sounds better for all of the above reasons there are other engineers who say, oh, no, it can't possibly sound better than digital because when you have vinyl, you have surface noise, you have scratches, you have turntable rumble. The turntable may not be running at the perfect speed. Uh, there are some instances, they said, where you can walk across a room and your footsteps get picked up. Yeah. And, but to me... I never hear, and you know, I grew up with these records. I never noticed any of that. It wasn't important to me. I was playing my songs, and I, and I think it's, it's, it's the same way with you. It is the experience, and for you, you've just said that those little pops and clicks and the surface noise add to it oh, rather do. than detract. Definitely, definitely, certainly. When you play a record and there's something on there 
that it may not be. There's ways of cleaning the records now that we didn't have back in the 60s and, and the 70s. You know, they make machines that will clean mm-hmm. the records for you. They make solutions. My husband makes a solution for me that I spray on the oh, records really? and then clean them. And it r- works really, really well. Obviously, a lot of people try to get rid of records that are really in terrible shape. You can't do anything with those. And you can't even play them because it will ruin your, your record player. Yeah. Either they're warped or they've been water damaged or... Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, the, the really bad yeah, ones. But yeah. um, a lot of people now get these records. And amazingly, a lot of kids at first were collecting them just for the covers, mm. for the album covers. And then all of a sudden they opened them up. Mm. And now vinyl is selling more than anything else. Well, I think the artwork is a, another whole aspect of the vinyl. Oh, yeah. Because when we went to CDs and we went to, of course, now they don't even bother with that. They do like MP3s and stuff. When we went to that, all you got was like a little six-inch square thing. And they didn't put as much thought or effort into the cover. But back in the vinyl days, it was a work of art many times. It definitely was. And they spent so much time making the cover mm-hmm. and spending time. I mean, you all know the, you know, the Abbey Road. Yes. Uh, cover. We all know that's uh, iconic. I mean, the like, Rolling Stones, Sticky Finger. You get, there's there's records you know. Pink Floyd's uh, moon, Dark Side prison, of the Moon. Yeah. You just have to say that, and you envision the cover. There's certain records that you can just say, "Oh, I remember this one," and you could just buy by American. You know, Don McLean. You know what that cover mm-hmm, looks like just exactly. thinking about it. How you about can, how about the cover of uh, Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass? whipped cream yes, yes. with that with lady with in the, the, cream. the bride covered oh. in the in the whipped cream that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful i do have that <laughs> I, I had that at one point now how like we were talking before and you have like over two thousand records you said in your collection approximately two thousand nine hundred and twenty two approximately albums. <laughs> <laughs> but, who's, but who's counting but who's counting now do you have you do, started with the ones that you had as a kid is that what started you or did you you know believe it or not i i went and all my vinyl was basically down to some disco records that i had and a few uh partridge and and osmond brother records that i saved but and and my uh, coveted puff and stuff album (laughs) but i didn't have i went to cd and then all of a sudden you know as i had uh, what i was saying was i was living in verona eight years ago a woman put an ad up that she had LPs she wanted to get rid of. They happened to be Lawrence Welk. I was such a big fan because of my grandparents. And I got those eight Lawrence Welk records. And that's what I had at the time. When we moved here to Parlin, mm-hmm. I had a, a box full of records. I never would have dreamed I would have 2,000, over 2,000. <laughs> and that's Goodwill. I have gotten so many from Goodwill. Gotten so many from the record stores and... And, and garage sales, people, all the time people say, I, I, when I go to a garage sale, the first thing I say is, do you have any records? And people will say to me, oh, I'm going to go down to the basement. Oh, and nice. I sit patiently, and you <laughs> can't imagine the treasures they bring up. Wow. Oh, could you take them all, please? Could you take them all? I hear that so many times at garage sales. Nowadays, at garage sales, forget about it. You have to really get there early because everybody wants everybody records wants now. Vinyl is it. Yeah. So, well, we have a, our younger son, is, he's going to be 36, and he loves vinyl. And, like, that just surprised the heck out of me wow. because he's not of that age. Yeah. But he's got a regular, uh, you know, 
turntable record player and he's got you know some vinyl records that he he picks up along the way i don't know it's very eclectic i don't even know exactly what ones he's got at this point but it just surprised the heck out of me that he really likes vinyl it's hard to fathom that there is an entire generation out there maybe two that have no idea what a record is yeah you know uh, and we grew up with you know the 33 to third rpm big record tiny hole and the 45 rpm small record big hole (laughs) yes yes and uh I, i get it i get it it's it's easier to store uh but there's something to be said there is something to be said for the surface noise for the pops for the clicks um and certainly for the artwork yes certainly for the artwork and I, I think uh, we do have new generations that are starting to discover this because, as they say, if you haven't seen it before, it's new to you. Exactly. Hardly new to us, but to, but to these folks, this is something brand new. So tell us a little about your collection. Like, what what are your special albums or well, I, favorites? Literally, I go from rock. I have show tunes. I have movie uh records i have uh disco so many disco records obviously that was a big time for me of my life so i have so many of those donna summer diana ross but also the wonderful thing about of collecting is you find new artists robert goulet i never would have thought i was going to be a fan of jim neighbors robert goulet uh jerry vale al martino and people gave me those records you know friends of Mm -hmm. mine gave me records and now I have such an appreciation and I wanted I, I wish I had gotten to see them when they were alive mm-hmm. Steve and Edie wow I did get to see them oh uh, my my mom had won tickets to see uh, uh, Frank Sinatra and Steve and Edie were appearing with him so I went with my mom she got two tickets and the two of us went and she was like a huge Sinatra fan so it was a really special night to be able to share with her. And Stephen Edie came on first and they blew Sinatra away. They were so much better than wow. he, which surprised, you know, surprising. I mean, I liked, I liked their songs and stuff, but I really didn't expect that they were gonna be better than the headliner. But Frank, unfortunately, at that point was a little bit past his prime and he, he just, he probably should have hung up the microphone before oh, clearly. doing that. Clearly. You know, he, he forgot the words. He stumbled over some of the lyrics. Uh, it, it just wasn't a good Probably kind of talked his way through some through of them, some yeah. of the songs. I do have yeah. many of his records. Of course, my favorites, Johnny Mathis, Barbara Streisand. I have around 53 albums for each of them. Hmm. Not even saying they're Christmas records. You know, I have I have Christmas records of people you wouldn't believe. Everywhere I go that I look in, in Goodwill and I see a Christmas record, Frankie Avalon, Paul Anka, Doris Day, um, just uh, Liberace, every Christmas album that there was, Fire, uh, uh, what, Firestone? Firestone records. Um, all, the, all the ones you used to get from Grants and the free records they used to give you when you went in. And of course, the uh, Reader's Digest collections, which I had never even thought of in my life. Ron and I, my husband Ron and I were at a record store that was closing. And they had probably around 
150 Reader's Digest sets there. Wow. And they showed them to me, and I, at first I poo-hooted. I said, oh, I don't even think they're by the correct artists. And then we opened them up, and we saw, you know, Engelbert Humperdinck, uh, Perry Como, Frank Sinatra, Judy Garland, Judy Garland, of course, mm. too. I have so many of hers. And from that, now I have probably 60 to 80 Reader's Digest sets, and I still look for them everywhere I go. I still pray that there, there's some you know, family that had collected them and maybe they're sitting in their cellar and they're ready to give them away. Now, is there a listing anywhere that you could say, you could check off and see if you got them all? No, I know there's, I know, I saw online there was a gay couple who had every one of them. And I think they had 150. And I wish I could have, you know, gotten in touch with them and said, oh, could yeah. you give me? Because I would love to find out. Because wouldn't it be nice to be able to just have like the list of 150 and check off the ones you have so you can keep track? Yes. But that's <clears> the joy <throat> of collecting. I yeah. find all these new things. Mm -hmm. And people say, when do you play the records? Well, please come to my house anytime. You're going to hear a record playing. We play records first thing in the morning. I have the records playing. As soon as Ronnie's done with work, I have the records playing. All weekend long, we take box sets and play all 10 records. It's just so enjoyable to have them on in the house. And I have a wonderful uh, Technics turntable. And I have a great record store in Milltown, Ravella Grooves and Gear. I have to give them a shout out. <laughs> Definitely. Because Darren over there really supplies they, they me They treated that. you well. Yes. They got me the Miss <laughs> Saigon on vinyl, which w was so elusive. Nobody has it. And I have that at the house, too. So... Now, when you go to, say, a, a yard sale or a garage sale and you buy albums, have you ever been burned where, where you got an album and it was unplayable? I always look. Now I don't even... If I see something that I like I, at a garage sale, I always take it out to look. And unfortunately, it's a 50-50 it's a proposition. People don't know. I've had good friends say to me, oh, I have some records. Would you like them? And they're all a complete mess they mm. just when people now look at records they just think oh you want a record you certainly don't want a record i have here which i was showing you guys and this is amazing to me this is from a, a cereal box in the 60s on the back of cereal boxes they used to give records and this is a bobby sherman easy come easy go oh wow. i have to go home and try it on the record player <laughs> and see if it works but they used to put these on the back of cereal boxes I had one, I think it was uh, inside Mad Magazine. Wow. And it was... Uh, it's a gas. It's a gas. <laughs> so we had, I had that one as well. Yeah. And it, it, was, it was a cardboard record like that. What was weird, though, it, it was square. Wow. But like the recordable part was round. Yes. But you, and you put it on That's the record. That's right, it was square. Player. And it had a picture of Alfred E. Newman. Alfred E. Newman wow. on it. <laughs> and it was like... Like a jazzy instrumental, and it was like, din, 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 and then uh, and somebody then would burp. burp. <laughs> and it's called, it's a gas. And I, and I just, I, I remember thinking that was the most hysterical thing I ever heard. <laughs> That's wonderful. But uh, I've, I've gotten all of Bobby Sherman's, all the Partridge family, all the Osmond brothers. I still have a few Osmond brothers that I don't have that I'm looking for. Uh, it's but, funny, the other day we were just looking at Marie Osmond on uh, YouTube. Wow. Um, Paper Roses. Oh, I have that. And I have two of that. Which she was twelve and a half when she oh, recorded. Wow. And we were we were we were just watching them, and then it, they had some of the Donnie and Marie shows and and stuff, and we were we were just watching them on on YouTube, and it was a lot of fun to to see them again because like, you know, 
that we grew up watching them and, and listening to them. Definitely. There's so many people who are throwing records out because they think no one wants them. If anybody's out there listening, certainly. If you have records, don't throw them out. There are people like me who would give them a good home. Or there's there's a lot of a lot of teenagers today really want the records. Yeah. I, there's a record sale that goes on once a year in Milltown. It's a dollar a record. And he has 20,000 records on sale that day. Well, he had Reader's Digest sets. And I was sitting looking at records. And this couple came with their 15-year-old son. And he was carrying them. And I said, do you listen to those? He said, I just started collecting. And these look really good. And I said to the parents, you chose well. Mm. He's got some great records there. I said, and I told him about my collection. And it was so wonderful to see someone at that age want to hear. Like there was the big bands. And it was like uh, all different records from the 40s and 50s that he had. And I thought, how nice that he wants to hear. Because I think all the time, who's going to listen to John Denver? You know, 20 years from now, will anyone listen to Frank Sinatra? Will anyone listen to Robert Goulet? I feel bad sometimes. I listen to the records and I say, I hope someday someone will cherish these as much as I do. Yeah. You know, the, the sounds. And the, the sounds. And the, the sounds and the, and the records themselves. And like you said, they're, they're at different times of your life, music plays like an important part. And the, you can transport you right back to those times when you hear some of these songs that were like big at certain times of your life. Like. Harry Chapin singing Taxi takes me right back. <laughs> just really takes me back. And uh, there's just wonderful songs that you could put on. Simon and Garfunkel. There's just, you know, Ronnie and I have a favorite album of, of, of uh, Art Garfunkel. And we play that all the time. I, I have to say that once a month we'll put that record on. I uh, love Simon and Garfunkel. They were yeah. my... They were my main men. <laughs> Billy Before Joel. Pete, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Joel. I mean, you put on these records, and you're back in the day. Yeah. Scenes from an Italian restaurant. All you have to hear is a bottle of red, a bottle of white, <laughs> and you're there. And and a record can take you there. It's just so wonderful. It's therapeutic. Mm-hmm. It's it, For me, it's so many things. It really makes me happy. There are songs that you can hear, and you can remember exactly where you were, what you were doing at the time. And yes. they bring back such vivid memories. And uh, I remember a song called Have You Seen Her by the Shy Lights. Yes. And at that time, I was in high school, and I had just broken up with a girlfriend in high school. And every time I would hear that song, Have You Seen Her, I would think about our breakup. <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah. Long before you, hon. Um, I know. <laughs> well, you know what I find amazing? When I leave ShopRite I, or, or Kohl's, I can't find my car. I, you forget, where did I park? Where did I park? When the song comes on from 1965, I can sing those words of the song <laughs> exactly. with no problem. I can remember <laughs> the words to these songs. All I have to do is hear, you know... Sunday Morning by Daniel Boone, and I know every single word. <laughs> I can tell you right now, you know? And that's amazing how much a record, how much a song, you know, the, the vinyl has an impact on you that you can remember that so well. It's crazy, isn't it? It really yeah. is. It really is that those memories come back, come flooding back. So what kind of prices are we looking at when you're, you're out there and you're shopping for, for records? What, what, what is the price range? Goodwill, a dollar. Garage sales, one to two dollars. A brand new record. They're taking these records that were popular years ago. Now, this is Bobby Sherman's greatest hits. They're taking these, remastering them, putting them out. 
what used this used to cost four ninety nine when we were kids for a record. Mm-hmm. Records now cost twenty nine to thirty, usually wow. twenty nine dollars for an album. That's the average price of a brand new record. I just bought the Funny Girl with Leah Michelle, and that was forty dollars because it was two. It's two albums. But uh, as far as getting from people's houses, a lot of people will say if if they see that you're buying some, they'll say, "Oh, if you give me ten dollars, you can take them all." But again, today I don't know what's going to happen this summer. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what people will charge because now they know vinyl yeah. is good. You know, yeah. They see they see dollar, dollar signs, signs, yeah, and, and they're ready to go. So, do you remember what the first record you bought ever was? ABC by the Jacksons. Oh, okay. Was it a forty-five? It or? was a forty-five. It was. It was. Isn't that amazing? Do you yeah. remember? I, I had a purple people eater. Wow. By. I don't know. It's Big Bopper, wasn't it? I think Kevin? it was. I think Big Bopper. It might have been. Yes. And then also um, The Witch Doctor by oh, um, Seville. David, David, Seville. David Seville. And I'm, I'm, those two I remember very early on. Uh, and my uncle used to buy stuff for me, and, and he gave me short shorts, which I never really liked, but it was, you know, he gave me a, a bunch of 45s, and that was one of them. And... Uh, and as far as albums go, I, I, knowing you were coming, I was trying to think what some of the earliest album I can remember buying myself. And I, I'd have to say, I think it was probably The Monkees. Wow. But um, I can remember when the Beatles' White Album came out. I was in high school. And that was an expensive one because it was a double. Double. And I, I think it was going for like five dollars, wow. you know. <laughs> and I used to get five dollars to babysit on a weekend, and I used my babysitting money from one weekend to buy that album. Wow! And that was like one of like my favorites for a long time. I don't remember what my first LP was, but I can tell you my first forty-five was. Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny wow. Yellow Polka Dot Bikini by Brian Hyland on Leader Records. Wow. Ronnie loves that song. Now, I actually have, which I'm very happy to say, my parents really are, were such a force in, in my love of vinyl. And when I was a child, my father loved jazz, and I always hated it. Now I have so many jazz records, you can't imagine. He'd be so proud of me. And uh, he used to play jazz all the time. He used to play bongos in the house. Oh, nice. And my mother used to go around singing Doris Day's K Sera Sera mm-hmm. to me all the time. Mm-hmm. And then the record I remember them playing when I was very young was Johnny Gilmer and the Fireballs, Sugar Shack. Well, I will play Sugar Shack. I love that. And I had the record, and when we moved, I lost it. Aww. And it was my parents' original record. So I, I look for that everywhere. I haven't found it yet, but I will find it. We lost Jesus. all of our records in a flood. Oh. We used to keep them on the floor in our basement, and we had a flood. I think the, the water heater or something broke right. and flooded the basement. And, and we they, thought they were okay. Yeah. Because we looked at we looked at them at the time, and they seemed like they had survived. So we didn't think we didn't do anything. Yeah, for I, them. I think the, the the packaging was looked like it was wet, but we thought, well, maybe the LPs are okay. And when we pulled the LPs out, almost every last one of them was uh, black mold. Oh, 
And so we, we, we lost the whole collection. And we, you know, we, we didn't realize, had we realized at the time, we probably could have taken preventive measures, but we looked at them and they were, like you said, the, the covers got a little bit damp and we dried them off and we, we didn't think anything of it. And then it was like, it wasn't something we played constantly. And we went to take some out the one day and we opened it up and it was like, oh no. And one after another, after another. And we didn't even go through to say, to see if any of them, we just finally just said, take the whole thing and we, we threw them oh, out. Oh, sorry to hear that. I have to say for anyone who's thinking of starting to collect vinyl, especially anyone, you know, of our era, our age group, I find it such a wonderful thing. It's such a good therapy for me that can make you happy, can make you sad sometimes. But really, it's you can take these records out and play them, and really, I can be 11 years old again. <laughs> I can hear the Partridge family and see myself sitting. Or I can put on Lawrence Welk and be in my grandparents' house mm-hmm. having, you know, Velveeta on a cracker. <laughs> and, and, they, and they were having beer, and the room was filled with smoke. Yes. Because everybody was smoking. Yeah. But yeah. I can hear Lawrence Welk, and it's just such a wonderful thing. And I think that's why I love vinyl so much, because it really, it really can give me, can take me back. Or in the in the present, there's so many beautiful records that I have today mm-hmm. that Ronnie and I share a love for. And and that, you know, I just love listening. You know, they say that there are people that are, are suffering from uh, Alzheimer's and uh, dementia and various mental deficits. And yet, they can put a record on and sing every word in the lyrics. I believe it. Word I for word. It. It, it all comes back. That's it's a, amazing. It's a different part of the brain, I guess, that, that gets affected. And you know, I know, like, for the songs that I love, going all the way back to childhood, I know every word, every lyric. I know where the drum beats are. I know the timing. I know where the pauses are. Yeah. None of it has faded over the years. None of it. No. Some d- I can't tell you what day of the week it is sometime. <laughs> I can't tell you where well, my shoes year. are sometime. But boy, do I know those songs. Exactly. Exactly. Well, tomorrow we're recording this show on uh, Friday. Today is what? Friday, May 12th. May 12th. Thank you. And tomorrow, the 13th, you know, they're having a garage sale over at the church here in our neighborhood and St. Bernadette's. Bernadette's. Wow. I wasn't sure if you knew, but I, I <laughs> heard that. Over I there. Said, <laughs> uh, Kevin's going to be there looking for records. Yes, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I couldn't even, you know, use records now because I have nothing to play them on. Well, I have to tell you that yesterday I had a friend come from Clifton. We've known each other since the early eighties. And he said, Kevin, I've been following your posts and I want to get a record player. I said, come with me to Ravella. And we went in, and I know the people there. It's like a second home for me mm-hmm. in the store. They sell record players that people have given them, and they have restored them completely. And he asked my friend, you know, what's your, what's your price range? And he says, we don't discriminate here. Please don't think that this is for elitists or somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have $4,000 turntables. Yeah. But they have $80 turntables. And he got a turntable, a, a receiver... And two Bose speakers, and he walked out of there for like three hundred and eighty dollars for yeah. everything. Wow, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. I've got a uh, a tech, not a Technics, a uh, oh, it's made in Nor in uh, Norway. I, I would have the just one come, that your friend. I know, had. I know. I would have just come out. Tanberg. With, Tanberg. Okay. I have a Tanberg tuner amplifier, 
and I've got a couple of Bose bookshelf speakers, but I don't have the turntable. Hey, head on over to Ravella. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're really very well priced, and, and the, the record player sound excellent that he bought. Yeah. It yeah. was just, he, you know, he sat there and really took time and put records after record on for him to see. Where are they located? They're in Milltown on Main Street. And Darren and his brother, Darren owns the store, Darren Ravella, and they're ready to tell you about it. Any, they have records you wouldn't believe in there. They constantly get new records every single day. He buys them from people's homes who are getting mm -hmm. rid of them. I'm not sure if I want to get started on that. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> we got rid of so much stuff when we moved here, and it was like, like ripping the Band-Aid off, you know, and, and like... I don't know. I mean, on one hand, I, I mean, I'm nostalgic about it, but I yes. have a lot of the things on CD. Don't look at me. <laughs> don't judge me. See, I, no, I, not you me. Know, and I get CDs. Yeah, they, they sound fine. Uh, for me, it, it's not an audio issue because my, my hearing is not that good anymore anyway. So uh, that's not a big issue. But it's the fun. Exactly. You know, it's the, there's no fun... To putting a CD in a drawer and you push the button and it and it starts playing. There's no fun to that. There is fun to putting a record on the turntable and dropping the needle down into it and and watching it play. Oh, exactly. To me, there's more fun to that. <laughs> well, because once the CD once the CD is playing, you don't even see the CD. I don't right? care. It's in the machine. I you don't, don't even care. see. I just if I wanted play music i want to hear the music yeah. i'm not looking at the turntable but that's me <laughs> especially at christmas time for me to put those christmas records mm -hmm. oh the the, the 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 i mean it's just amazing i uh, forget the gentleman that is a very big singer in europe he's a blind gentleman that sings oh oh uh the italian yes. uh, guy you see, this is the thing when you get to be our age that they say it's like you know the guy. Yes, the, the guy, and I, we the, know who it is, the, but the, the blind guy. Well, he the, just put out a Christmas the, the album thing, with his family. The thing about the thing, you know, the thing. <laughs> we'll remember it later yeah. on, of course. Yeah. But just putting on the Christmas records and just hearing them and the Carpenters. You can play the Carpenters, the Carpenters CD all year, all all day long, but when you put on. The Carpenter's Christmas album. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like hearing the harmonies. That yes, and her contralto voice, so beautiful, so beautiful. Her voice today can still give me goosebumps when exactly. I hear her. Richard Carpenter did a wonderful thing. He saw vinyl coming. He saw it coming three years ago, four years ago. He decided to put every single record they ever made out again into a box set. Oh. Ronnie was kind enough to get it as a gift for me. It was quite expensive, but it's all their albums redone. Wow. And it is, I, you can, I can put those on yesterday once more. Mm -hmm. I can put that on again any every day. Every oh. sha la la yes. la, every whoa, 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 yes. still shines. I can put those on and I'll be Harry Chapin's W-O-L-D. I am the morning DJ, and you know. W-O-L-D-D-D. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just wonderful. Hearing Karen Carpenter's nothing like it on vinyl. You can't do that on a CD. You know, there's a story about Karen Carpenter, and I don't know if it's true or not, but the story that I had heard was that when she recorded Rainy Days and Mondays, she wanted to get the feeling 
for a kind of like lounging around on a rainy day. And the story that I heard was that she actually recorded it lying on the floor. Wow. With the microphone. Isn't that something? That, you know, I'm just lounging around Mm -hmm. here, relaxing on the floor, singing. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. But some recording artists do, you know, strange things sometimes when they're when they're recording to, to get out that the best to performance. Make the sound. Yeah. Yes. So if people want to reach out and they've got records for you. Oh yes. Is there a, is there a, an address where they can reach you an email address or something or should they just contact me here at the show or they can contact you at the show. Okay. You or, can contact uh, us at the Sonic Boomers at AOL com if you have records that you think kevin might be interested in again the sonic boomer is at aol.com and also my email is halloween 1957 at gmail.com so if anybody wants to get in touch with me personally they can do that what is the significance of halloween 1957 my mother's birthday was halloween and Ah. 1957 was the year i was born okay so i chose that (laughs) and one hell of a horror movie too (laughs) And on that, we're going to wrap up this edition of the Sonic Boomers. Kevin Faye, thank you, my friend. Thank you, Pete and Maureen. This has just been wonderful. So happy to have you. Wonderful. It's always so much fun when we sit down and talk. We could do this for hours. Yes, I know. (laughs) We really could. We really could. And so until next time, I'm Pete Torriello. And I'm Maureen Torriello. Join us again soon for the next edition of the Sonic Boomers podcast.